This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies to you. A lot to get to here today. Obviously, busy day, Cleveland Browns-wise. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, uh, from Browns Maven through SI.com, Mr. Pete Smith. I'm going to break it down. Obviously, a lot going on here today. Um, you know, obviously, you guys have questions about some of this is going to work, and you know, if they're behind the eight ball, yada yada yada. Um, I guess first first domino to drop. I guess this morning was um, director of college scouting Steve Mallon. Um, he had only foreseen one draft. Obviously, came in uh, late May of 2018, after obviously you know the Baker Denzel Nick Chubb class. Um, so we figure he got to spend more than six months uh, on a staff that Andrew Barry was part of. Um, for me, Pete, and I'm sure this kind of makes a little sense to you, it's, you know, well, it was maybe how essentially the draft process and information and prospects would be ranked and all of this stuff under an analytic lens. Uh, you look at Steve Mallon, who, you know, was with the Saints for two years before joining the Browns, spent 15 seasons. With the New York Giants, uh, yeah, Pete, I guess you could see how this one wasn't really going to work out too well. Well, I mean, look, as all these people are like, you know, uh, up in arms at the notion that, oh, my God, they're going to switch out the director of college scouting, which is exactly what Dorsey did when he took the job and got rid of uh, Bobby Vega, I believe, at the time who was, you know, Sashi's guy for it. And they got rid of, uh, I don't remember the other guy's name, uh, to put in Alonzo Highsmith. Like, this is how it goes. You tend to tend to put in a staff of guys you wanted, and they put in their staff of football guys, which everybody thought was the greatest thing ever. Uh, and now these guys are putting people more in, uh, more in the mold of where they're going. And, in the case of Alonzo Highsmith, like he told Joe Cena Anderson, I just I, I do things differently, and that's why he's gone. And apparently, he wants to go to a go to Aruba. God so, bless him. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, analytically, that's a damn, goddamn really smart decision to go to Aruba. Yeah. So with that, and I don't know, you know, I don't know enough about Steve Mallon. I only found out that he was the guy who came out and presented uh, the Shudrick Redwine pick. Um, Elliot Wolf, yep. I, I, I thought he might have a chance to stick around. I don't know where the difference in philosophies was there. Um, I, I only find that one interesting because assistant GM isn't like a thing where, you know, you have to have one. It's not like yep. these other positions. So I would be curious to see if they try to hire somebody like that or if they just sort of leave it empty. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, you know, we'll get, we'll get to these all a little bit individually. Um, but that could also be, you know, two, three guys they bring in and, you know, one of them progresses and it comes to the point of, wow, we might lose you. So maybe we'll give you a bigger title and give you a raise, you know, and you will in fact become assistant GM. Um, yeah. Look, 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 if you and doing my research on him and, and then remembering that he spent so much time with the New York giants and, you know, hearing, uh, <laughs> Gettleman talk this year. Oh, oh yeah. We hired a couple of those computer guy thingies. Um, you knew where the Giants were um, for years in an organization. They're still light years behind. That's, you know, a guy like that, you know, it's obviously he's going to have a different philosophy the way he does things. 
from you know the way Barry and these guys are going to go and do things here. Zoe, it's the tough one though. Um, Alonzo Highsmith, obviously, you know, well-respected man, and obviously older, and you know, opportunities may not be as prevalent for a guy like Alonzo. Um, I think in his heart of hearts, and I think the Browns in their heart of hearts, they were kind of hoping that the Miami thing worked out. So it could be like, well, you know, hey, you know, we hate to move on from him. He gets to go back home. It's a beautiful place for him to be. But, you know, and I also think fans really liked Alonzo Highsmith because he was good on game day. And he, you know, made it a point to, you know, say hello to some people. I think it was also good that he was active on social media. I think people appreciated that. This one's tough. But, you know, and you look at it with Alonzo Highsmith, you know, do you want to have to go sit down and essentially at your age have to relearn your craft? Um and there's a lot of pride in it as well. Uh, a man like Alonzo Highsmith says, well, you know, it's great that this is how you do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my way is technically wrong. And this is what you're going to run into a lot of this when you have the analytics versus the old school and the my gut and the da 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 But it's tough to see a guy like Alonzo Highsmith go. A good man, obviously. But it just, you know, it's... <laughs> I mean, for anybody who watches Modern Family, this seems to me like, you know, when Jay Pritchett sold the closet business to the long, young millennials, and every time he walked in the building, he, he felt like he was just completely out of place. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the deal. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's a good job for Alonzo Highsmith somewhere that makes sense for him, and if there isn't, he's going to have to sort of adapt because this is, this is where this thing is going. You know, for, for many people... Uh, you know, they have required continuing education. So this is sort of that. You have to, you know, this, you know, years and years as a scout, so I don't think he'll have an issue. But but guys like Alonzo Highsmith, I think they may have a, a more difficult time. I know, and I agree. I mean, and, you know, that's why where maybe the Miami thing would have worked out. Um, probably best for him. <laughs> this is actually a good one here. Um, from uh, Dogtown. Ron Wolf won one Super Bowl as a GM, and it was 23 years ago. The internet was powered by hamsters running on a wheel. Dude probably still uses Windows 97 today, and the paperclip character can't tell him what analytics are. Um, yeah, to a degree. That's, but, that's, that's how. But I mean, that's a you know, it's a great line and everything. But like, that's how much has changed. The internet was barely a thing in 1993. Like, that's. Uh, I mean that's that, that's the, that's crazy and that's you know like I said you were in your I I, I was uh, let me think I would have been cool twelve at that point you were thirty something so I mean it's a long time. <laughs> uh, let's see ninety three depending on what part of ninety three um ninety three I would have turned nineteen yes nineteen um. And and also you know and you know and, and the other joke you know I mean um, you know is, you know Ron Wolf is lost um, I mean what are you doing pulling over waiting for the cop to give you directions or going to a gas station you know meanwhile everybody else is just hitting the GPS on their cell phones I mean all those jokes aside I, I just don't think he did Elliot any favors today and this also kind of makes Elliot Wolf look more like you know and I liked Elliot Wolf Pete knows it I always been well of Elliot Wolf was always a fan. But now this kind of, for me, gives him a stigmatism of, you know, and, you know, you stop your dad from doing this. You don't let him do this. And I, you know, dad, I'm my own man. Uh, you know, let me let me go my route. I'm my own man. And, you know, now he kind of looks like it's, you know, hey, hey, you know, 
Oh, hey, it's Ron Wolf's kid. No, well, you know, at 37 years old, no, you want to be Elliot Wolf at, at 37 years old. You don't want to be Ron Wolf's kid. And Chris Mortensen didn't need to do this, Pete. I mean, Mort is a a legend in his business. Um, he doesn't need to, you know, throw a bone to 81 year old Ron Wolf. Well, I, look, I mean, this is one of those things. What else is he doing? I don't know what Ron what Ron Wolf does in his free time, but it, clearly he's got he's eighty one. He gets up, has some oatmeal, takes a little walk, takes a nap, has lunch, hits the diner at four thirty for the blue plate special, watches Jeopardy, and calls it a day. Yeah. So in the meantime, he can get on the horn and 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 yell uh, in this case. <laughs> and you know, clearly he's still capable of doing that. Like I, I get it. Like I get the. Being, you know, lashing out at a team, uh, you know, because they fired your kid or whatever. Um, and and maybe, you know, at the moment, uh, you know, he was basically lashing out to somebody he's known for however many years. And, and then they basically made a report out of it, uh, uh, you know, get, given the fact that Ron Wolf, again, may not know what, uh, what the Internet is or does. Uh, that he could have, he may have no idea unless Elliot tells him that uh, this this report came out with his Dad, Twitter's blowing up because of what you told Chris Mortensen. What the hell's Twitter, son? What the hell's Twitter? Um, and we'll shift on. Uh, well, actually, here let's just sneak this one last one in here. Um, I, I I know you guys got a couple of questions. We'll see if it isn't anything we haven't gotten to. And obviously, there's you know one big thing that everybody and especially the Cleveland media is so up in arms about now, which we'll get to in a second. Lockdown Browns continue to roll on with you guys here on a Thursday. If you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. It's that time of the year. Plan the party, get the snacks ready and get your wages locked in because the Super Bowl is finally here. You've got a feeling about who's going to bring home the Lombardi Trophy, and you do not want to miss out on your last chance to get your bets in before the NFL season ends. Whether you're choosing the straight-up winner of the game or making a side bet with a friend, MyBookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes winning extra cash, cash easy and fast. MyBookie features the most complete lineup of Super Bowl props of any sportsbook in the business. The amount of betting options is simply unrivaled and you can even visit mybookie.ag slash party now to access a printable prop sheet for the big game we're going to do these again um as you guys know pete and i always was out on bets but we like to talk about them at least football not your jam don't sweat it because they got you covered with the lines on every other major sport including the nba nhl and of course college basketball plus if you deposit right now they will match your deposit halfway 200 bucks, they will give you 100. That's basically free cash to throw down on your best bet. This will be the last chance to take advantage or sign up now. Enter promo code locked on when you make your deposit. That is promo code locked on to give your bankroll a jump start. My bookie, play, win, and get paid. Pete, the senior ball, Pete. Oh my God, Pete. The Senior Bowl. The people the Browns sent to the Senior Bowl, were they're, they're not going to be there anymore. Oh, my God. They missed the boat on the Senior Bowl, Pete. The Senior Bowl, Pete. The Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl. Yeah, I heard that. Um, I uh, I was there. Um, I, I, You'd be I, nice I, enough I, to share your notes. Part, 
especially during practices that the the coaches that are there, like Bill Belichick was here. He's not normally because, you know, he's busy preparing for the Super Bowl. Most of that time is spent bullshitting with their friends. Like he spent the entire practice he was there, uh, you know, at least out in public on the field with Nick Saban. You know, it, it, these guys get together. It's an easy place to, you know, quote unquote work with a bunch of people you know uh, from you various kill two points birds with one stone. Yeah, I mean, there's that's what it is for a lot of those guys, and they record everything in terms of drills, and they send it out to the teams. And a lot of these teams that do interviews um, record them, so those become you know property of the team. Uh, and most of the people doing the work are the scouts. A lot of it is gathering data uh, for players, and it's a lot of like basic info, like making sure they have a good phone number, you know, if they have an agent, figuring out who that is. Were you, know, you really born in 97? Is that the year you were born? Right. Like, it's not, you know, I mean, th- there are interviews and there are things you can talk to, to players about, but it's 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 hardly the end of the world. I mean, it, like, I understand it from the standpoint of you you wish you would have had your general manager and your head coach hired already. But again, we did this with, uh, with watching Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers who are currently going to play in the Super Bowl. He wasn't hired until after the Super Bowl and he hired John Lynch. So they all missed the senior bowl too. And yet here they are in the Super Bowl. Like there are plenty of opportunities to get information on players if that's what you're going for. But again, there are ways to sort of ensure you get the data that you want. And I hate to point out the obvious, although I didn't see him, I expect when Andrew Barry was still employee of the Eagles, he was he either had access to or did things himself involving the senior bowl. Uh, so like. I did reach out to uh, Pete and I have a mutual friend, Mike K. Mike K is a beat reporter. He's covered the Jaguars. He's covered the Eagles. Um, Mike said, I, I can't truly give you clarification. Um, but he's saying again, just to agree with Pete's point, he's like, obviously he was in tune because he was still an employee. It's not like all of a sudden, well, you took an interview. Now we're going to blackball you from all the information because it literally is just BS information at that point. You know, when it starts, out, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if he goes out and hires guys <laughs> from other teams who are at the senior bowl, they were at the senior bowl talking to these players. Like, these things don't happen in a vacuum. It's not like Andrew Berry is going to, you know, go hire people who weren't uh, there in some form or another. I mean, some of the people who attend the senior bowl are coaches and front office guys who aren't currently employed because it ends up being sort of like a, a job fair in addition to everything else. Uh, So uh, all I can tell you is the guys who do about the least work down there, are coaches and the higher ups in terms of like the main executives. Those guys are enjoying themselves and having a good time. And there's no, nothing wrong with that. The work still has to get done, but like in terms of what they are actually doing, it's not that big of a deal. So, you know, I, I think they will survive. And again, you know, we go back to last year and, um, you know, obviously Pete was down there. Me, the first night Freddie got on scene, you know, my my text messages are blowing up. I'm laying in bed with my wife. I mean, she's almost to the point thinking like, you know, like I have a stalker side piece. It's everybody, your head coach may die tonight. 
And uh, that was one of my favorite ones. Um, the, one of the other good ones was, is Freddie is going to go from Mobile to the nearest Betty Ford Clinic. Freddie Kitchens was down there last year at the Senior Bowl, drinking his way through it. Um, every franchise takes it a little bit differently. The important things that you need, any interviews the Browns did, like Pete said, they have access to because you record them. It is their property. Uh, anything that was done on the field, Jim Nagy and his staff, they send it off to you. Here is day one, wide receiver position. Here is day one, offensive line. Here is day one, running backs. Here's day one, team. Here's D, Here's D, uh, day, uh, day one, North team defense. And it's A, B, C, D, E, broken down into positions, broken down into team, broken down into specials. Anything you need is there. So everybody chill out about the senior bowls. Now, here is the other one where everybody tried to, you know, comp on this where, I mean, you jump on this where, oh, well, the combine, you're, you know, they, they reduced the number of interviews you're allowed to do this year. Absolutely, they did. And maybe it's part of this ridiculous, ridiculous thing to put it to prime time. And look, I understand you want to monetize everything, whatever. I get that part. But what made the combine good was these kids went, ate a little something, went to the stadium, and went about the most important workout of their freaking lives. Now these kids are going to get up, and they have to be the guinea pigs for this to be a primetime event. You know, how do you handle that eight to 10 hours before you finally go work out and the nerves you're going to have? And you're going to be sitting there at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, freaking out, man, can I possibly run that 438 that I know I can? Or am I just not going to have it as much today? And it's going to be that 441. And this is the crap that's going to go on. And this is why I hate the fact they're doing it the way they are. Because when the way they did do it, it was get up and go. Now it's it's not get up and go. It's get up and think about it. Think about it some more. And think about it some more. That part is asinine. But Pete, you can still talk to these kids at Pro Days. You can still bring them into their buildings. And if this is all being done under an analytic lens, I don't assume they're going to have a, a huge draft board. It's not going to be 160 guys like we talked about last night. They may say, you know, it's 102 people that fit the criteria. And especially because they don't have a ton of draft picks this year. It's not like their board is going to be ginormous. Well, I I would assume it's going to be at least 150 or so. But, yeah, I mean, the the idea is that you're supposed to narrow down your field. Uh, And there are other ways to do it. You can go – to a player's campus to do workouts and those things are easy ways to do those things you always obviously have the local day uh where you can bring in a bunch of players from however many miles within cleveland which includes ohio state and and some of those programs or and, um, and it also you know it would like uh you know uh bowden jr from kentucky because he is an ohio kid he is a guy that can come into your building it doesn't just apply to colleges in your area it also applies to kids who grew up in that area. Okay. Right. So it's not, uh, it's not like, you know, impossible for them. And, and I think part of the thing was with reducing the number of interviews teams have at the, at the combine is they're giving them more time with each prospect. So I don't know if teams feel that's better. I'm assuming they do. I'm assuming they were behind this. 
Um, in addition to all the awful parts about this, the you know prime time workouts and stuff like that. But I, I'm guessing that they 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 like this as um, a means to get more time for a certain prospect prospects as opposed to uh, more of them but less time. But that does theoretically anyway. Uh, I you know I, I expect it's not really that big of a deal, but it does sort of make it a little more interesting. Maybe if, if you were able to sort of keep track of who people are visiting at the combine, though, that's really, really difficult to do. Um, and, and, and visits could theoretically be more indicative, but I think very little changes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like it from the perspective. And the thing is, is because, you know, it's, you're going to take this draft and it's, you know, these guys are all going to have to essentially be the ones to, you know, pay the sacrifice and, you know, basically set the plan and look, there's all these, there's these, you know, obviously, you know, conditioning coaches and all these camps and they've always done it a certain way for these athletes. And a lot of reasons, these guys go to these certain, you know, camps, clinics or whatever for draft prep is because, you know, they got so-and-so here, you know, they were able to help so-and-so here and they have the tracker to this and that, but it's a whole different thing now. And it's obviously going to be, Look, I mean, the combine is too much of it is put into it anyway. But now that it's going to be prime time, I mean, you're talking housewives and moms and people who aren't football fans who were, you know, into it. And I mean, hey, I mean, it, yeah. Look for and for the NFL, usually almost everything turns out roses anyway. Um, I just don't know if it's in the best interest for the guys who will be attending this combine, so to speak. So that's kind of where it rubs my cross, so to speak. Um, Pete, maybe, you know, and a lot of the jokes here from a lot of you guys that you put in here was, um, you know, maybe this will stop the Miami pipeline to Cleveland, which I do hope because it's not like Miami's got much going on there right now. Anyway, DJ Dallas, a nice little running back on like late, 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 late day three. So those jokes will stop. But um, look, I mean, this and it's funny because you know apparently everybody Cleveland media wise loves John Dorsey, and they are ripping apart this group for essentially doing everything John did. I mean, you guys, you can't have it both ways. But at the end of the day, report the freaking news. It's not that hard to do your job. Report the news and look. I mean, Pete and I literally you know, we're we're talking about this is different, and you know. Pete is heavy into the analytics. I, I am, I, you know, because I'm, you know, apparently 20 years older than Pete in Pete's terms. I am gradually processing myself there. And the realm of it, and it's nothing to be scared of, it's taking the most readily readily available information to make a decision. Do you guys, t- I mean, it would be any different than researching if you're applying for a mortgage. It wouldn't be any different. Um, when you buy something online. Do you check two or three spots to make sure you're getting the absolutely lowest price? It's making and taking all the information to make, help yourself make the best decision you possibly can. And we'll, I'll continue to say this. Those who hate analytics, either A, are lying, or B, don't know enough about it to realize that they use it every day within their lives, Pete. Right. And this is the challenge I, I deal with is I get questions because you know, it's tr- teaching somebody in their fifties how to do this stuff. You know, it's teaching an old dog and tricks is not you know, it's tougher. So 
yeah, I mean, no, it, look, that's the thing. Everybody uses data in their everyday lives, whether they realize it or not. Your phone is one giant uh, thing of data. You have, you download any number of apps to give you up-to-date information on your messages, weather, uh, banking, et cetera. You know, that's the whole point. You can check these things live and, and uh, at a moment's notice, being able to get on the internet, being able to look, Look up stuff as opposed to having to wait until you get home or, God forbid, go to the library and get an encyclopedia. Uh, these are, you know, that's the point is the more information you have, the more information that's ready and readily available, the more you can use it and make smarter decisions. It doesn't guarantee anything. The whole point is to reduce the likelihood of failing. And, um, you know, I'll go to, uh, you know, Pete and I in, Pete and I have a buddy uh, named James Coburn. And um, he's one of the guys who's huge with the market share. And, you know, Pete and I being close with him, you know, we've gotten to see his process, see his numbers. And it's, and, and, and I'll give a prime example. And, you know, I remember Roquan Smith and obviously, you know, his career in Chicago, whatever's gone on there. And some of it's been a little bit weird. And I remember having Jim on, if anybody's listened to Jim, he was on the show and we talked about this. And I said, Jim, you know, Roquan Smith. I said, you know, obviously I'm a little older. Ray Lewis, Roquan Smith kind of reminds me a little bit of Ray Lewis at Miami. And Jim hits you with all the data, which helps you either A, say this is absolutely ludicrous, or B, you're kind of onto something. And Jim said, yeah, you're onto something. Uh, yeah, a little bit undersized, runs around, makes every stinking tackle really athletic and you it's a way to i mean because they use the term check the boxes it's not just the combine it's everything and you know and somebody said to me the other day and i forget who it was and, I, and i'm not trying to be bad well production doesn't concern me so much eek that's one you really worry about because if you say production doesn't concern you so much then you better be talking about somebody that you're going to apply a day three pick to because you were now asking them, and we say this all the time, you were now going to play on the biggest stage of football there is against the greatest athletes there are within the game. And all of a sudden now the production is going to be there. And look, it, we're going to look really forward. And I'm, I'm glad we're almost there. And I cannot wait till an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator is named so we can truly get in to covering the draft. A number one, because we enjoy it. Um, Number two, because a lot of it's going to be under an analytic approach, you know, because that's the way it's going to be done here for the Browns. But this is what it is. It's it's the gathering Pete of information. And I hope I'm saying it right because you're schooling me well. The gathering information and applying it into making the best decision you can. Yes, there's going to be some failure. Oh, there's no question. And, you know, just looking at it from a podcast standpoint, uh, the uh, the girls from That's What B Said uh, were, you know, asking us about various things to, to try to get a better handle on what they're doing because they want to know so they can, you know, make smarter decisions and, and, and do things that are going to help them get better. And certainly with somebody like Bree who loves analytics, that's, that's an easy thing to do. But these are, it's just trying to make the best possible decisions so you can grow what you're trying to do. It's yeah. Anybody who says they don't use it, you're absolutely stinking lying. Um, yeah, 
do you call your cable company and argue about the bill? You probably are because you want to know why. If you have cable and you see a Fios commercial and say, well, why am I paying this when I can pay this? Bada bing, bada boom. It's taking information and using it to your advantage. Um, Pete, obviously you covered this today. Um, everything over at, uh, you know, through uh, uh, brownsmavensi.com. Um, so, guys, go ahead and check everything out over there. It's look, we're getting closer to, and and for anybody that you know, well, Dorsey did this, da, 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 and now you want to go back two and a half, three seasons to Sashi Brown, guys, just let it go. Um, either way, it did not result in winning. Um, if it worked out for Sashi Brown, he'd still be here. It didn't work out, obviously. Um, John Dorsey, it didn't work out. You guys want wins, you want this team to be good, and I'm not saying you have to embrace what this new regime is but let it happen and for the five million and once time don't assume andrew barry is going to do everything the way sashi brown did just because they were together and it, it kills me when you guys are ready to rip andrew barry because he was part of sashi brown staff but then you don't want to give him any credit for being part of seven eight and one when john dorsey staff it, because the bottom line of it is you have no idea exactly where he was valued or where he was heard in technically either one of those regimes. Let the man stand on his own two feet. Pete and I, we will always tell you, good things are good, bad things are bad. We will judge them as such. Make sure you're checking out at Browns Maven on social media, on Twitter, uh, si.com, Browns Maven. Obviously, Pete and his teams work over there. At underscore Pete Smith underscore on on Twitter. Pete's closing in on the 7,000 follower mark. Um, And it's nice to see him starting to get the recognition he deserves because the guy busts his ass. The show itself, at Locked on Browns, all lowercase, follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are always open. Guys, I, you know, you've been flooding them lately, and I'm doing my best. Um, a little busier during the day than I'd like to be, and I'd love to get back to all of you, but I'm absolutely trying my best. Um, some of you are not going to get the time of day anymore. Somebody's really close to a block that's never going to get undone. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, and with that, uh, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Uh, it's been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the yellow bay. Let's go Browns. <laughs>